0: Rogers, who the only place he's gonna take you to is the toilet. Bowl. And then you got Fred Farr, who will take you to the wow. Super Bowl.
1: I do like me a triple butter burger, cheese, in the works, you know, ketchup, mustard, pickles. Could the package
2: be really good? Yeah, I, w- I certainly would love that. But also to say that, does this look like a rebuild? Probably.
0: If you think we're in a rebuild, then you got the wrong team. QB1,
1: man. Come on, man.
0: That's <laughs> QB on. in the lead right now. So, John Money. <laughs>
3: What's up, guys? This is Jeff and Janis.
2: And Janice does a stop it all. Oh, please! What a cat!
3: That's insane! You're listening to the Poor Man's Packers Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the one Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined this week with Todd and Billy, boys. Hello, hello. Good evening, gentlemen. And welcome to the amazing uh Green Bay Packers 2023 preview slash prediction episode, you know, very exciting. It's weird this year, too. Like, it's the actual changing of the seasons. Like, in the backyard, there's already leaves falling here in Minnesota. I don't know if that's just partially because of the drought that we kind of
2: had lately. It hasn't rained in three years, so I think that's probably <laughs> yeah,
1: it. Yeah, that too. And uh, it's late enough in the season where I've already gone to High V here and bought Halloween candy twice, which I don't think the second bag is going to last until October either. But <laughs> what did you buy? Uh, I went with the kind of fruity variety pack. It's uh, wild berry Skittles, normal Skittles, Starburst, and gummy lifesavers. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to eat that shit up all day. (laughs) And might have been one of the reasons why today when I went to the dentist, I had a cavity. But but... you have bought two. You bought two bags already. Yeah. Like two weeks ago, I bought a bag. I ate it all. And then I was like, shit, my girlfriend's going to want some of this candy. I need to get another bag. And that bag's not going to last until the third. How many bags
2: to get to Halloween? It's. We're looking at four? At this rate, I mean, how long has Halloween candy been out?
1: I think I'll get the third bag and then throw it in the closet so that I don't see it. (laughs) And then hopefully we can work off of that. But yes, uh, football season is finally here. It still seems odd that we're less than a week away from kickoff. Like, again, these seasons just seem to pop up, you know, sooner than you think. At least it feels like that for me. But... We'll see, but kicking things off, the season preview extravaganza, we're going to have some little awards who we think, you know, we'll start with some players, some player awards, predict who we think will, you know, play well this year, who won't play so well, and we'll go through all of them, like rookies and uh, MVPs and most important people. We'll, of course, also have our Bears preview. So with that, we will just jump right in. The... We'll start things off with the unexpected hero of the Packers 2023 season. This might be a little more over the top, but you know, someone maybe that you aren't thinking about who's going to perform well this year. I am going to start things off. You know, there's a couple guys here. Once again, I think this is a pretty deep team. I'm just going to go with the utility man, the new utility man, Zach, Tom, something that can totally debilitate a season is when you get injuries on the offensive line. I'm assuming at some point someone's going to get hurt, and Zach Tom is probably going to have to move around, keep that offensive line going. So, that is my pick for the unexpected hero of the 2023 season. An offensive lineman, very fun.
2: I'm going to say Dontavian Wicks.
1: Ooh, okay. It's going to
2: be, and then obviously not to start out the year, probably. Um, I think he's questionable for week one anyway with a hammy, but. Anyways, those rookies definitely don't seem to have a huge impact at the beginning, but I think um, we've talked a lot about his blocking ability, Mm -hmm. and maybe some of the younger guys don't seem to have a lot of blocking ability just yet, and that might be what gets him on the field and gives him more opportunities to make a play.
1: Okay, yeah, I like that. I wonder, because I was kind of thinking like, uh, and I don't want to ruin what Billy's answer is going to be but even like Malik Heath is a similar one too where yeah he's another blocking guy too and that might be something that gets him on the field because Dontavian Wicks I was wondering if he was going to be one of the guys thrown on IR early but apparently he's healthy enough to not be IR'd yet and unfortunately this is going to be the first week where usually Matt puts out the first injury report and talks to the media on Tuesdays and it's even Wednesday or it is Tuesday and he hasn't talked to the media. They pushed that back, which is a little weird. So we'll have the injury report tomorrow after we're done recording, of course.
2: Well, just remember, too, with all, everything I say, my bold prediction for the year, I think, was that um what's his name? Uh who's the running back that we drafted? <laughs> I already forgot his name. Lou Nichols. Lou Nichols. Um, I thought Lou Nichols was going to overtake A.J. Dillon by the end of the season. And Lou Nichols is not on the team. So he's not in disclaimer. the league. Yes, <laughs> he's not yeah. in the league. So. Well, he still has an agent. <laughs> he's surrounded. We'll see if he you gets can. You can probably workouts. pick him up on fantasy.
3: There you in go. The league. <laughs> and that's so
1: that's all that matters. You pick him up. Yeah, so I
3: I will say this, Todd. The the one thing or one of the things that Wix has going for him is just because it's such a crapshoot for rookie receivers to come in and contribute right away and have success. So if Jaden Reed struggles early on. And Wicks gets an opportunity and runs with it, he might get some more run.
2: Yeah, and we saw it too. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, Jaden Reed trying to block. It was like a D end or something like that, or an outside linebacker. He got tossed. (laughs) But that's okay. I mean, he's out there to catch the ball. But I just, there's a possibility that some of these young guys, like we're talking about, could get on the field just specifically to block. Yes, it's a possibility.
3: it was like that old clip of uh Reggie White just ragdolling Chris Carter when he tried to block <laughs> him
1: up. I forgot one time. about that. Yeah, the forearm shiver just <laughs> yeah. tosses him. All right, Billy, who do you have?
3: All right. So mine it's a little bit off the uh off the, the regular list of suspects, I guess, but that's kind of the point. I'm gonna go with Daniel Whelan. Ooh um, I know that you and I, Spencer, talked and we were excited just because it's He's kind of an unknown, and he has a big leg and gets a lot of hang time. Don't really know what his directional capabilities are, but I'm excited to see what he can do this year, and especially as the weather gets colder, if he can continue to be a weapon for us later year. And I think we're going to need him if the offense struggles some, especially early going into the year, and need him to help flip field position and um, give the defense a longer field to work with. So I'm going to go with him.
1: Yeah, it's a good pick. I I was kinda thinking Andres Carlson there too. I wasn't uh didn't even think of Whelan. I don't know if you guys saw that uh article that Jason Wilde put out too, talking about Daniel Whelan. <laughs> I, I was gonna post it on Twitter, I forgot to. He uh part of it was during the off season, and I don't know if he was back home wherever that is. I think he's from California after he moved there from Dublin. But uh his mom was snap would snap him the ball and he would practice holding he said like randomly his mom would just stop and like throw something at him and he'd catch it and like put it down like it like it was a snap for a hold so hopefully he can be better than uh uh borquez was back in the day a very very important position uh moving on to letdown of the year staying once again like the podcast does very positive the letdown of the year the letdown player you know i've kind of I don't want to say trash, but you know, I'm not as high on him as other people are, but I am picking AJ Dillon. I think last year was a letdown to the start. He had a decent, I don't know, okay, uh, preseason, I guess, you know, he had a nice couple blocks there, but I don't know how assignment sure he always is. I do like, uh, Emmanuel Wilson popping up. I wouldn't be, sh- I would not be shocked. If he's getting more snaps towards the end of the season, but especially with last week and it came out the day after we recorded the Jonathan uh, Taylor trade rumors, it does seem that AJ Dillon could have potentially been part of those talks. Uh, Goody did deny it, but I kind of did like seeing that because once again, I'm not a huge AJ Dillon fan and with him being in a contract year and Aaron Jones kind of being in one. A lot of people think with that cap hit next year, we could potentially cut him. Um, I didn't hate seeing the trade rumors of Jonathan Taylor, and I mean, God, if if we would have traded away AJ Dillon and like a third round pick for Jonathan Taylor, I would have been fine with that. If if we had the running, you know, you don't like paying running backs, which we would have had to do with that as well. That other report from uh, Josina, I forgot her last name, saying Anderson. that the pe- Anderson, we would have made him the highest paid running back in the league. I don't know about that, but it would have been nice to have one of the best running backs in the league locked up with our young quarterback in the future. So that's my pick is AJ. Dillon to be a bit of a letdown this year.
2: I'm going to go with, and it was a little bit of a toss up for me. I'm going to go to defense on this one. And I'm going to say Darnell Savage. Is gonna be the
1: letdown. Can he even gonna really say, let down if he's already was, so low? Wow. I was going to say gonna, the
2: bar is awfully low. I was going to say <laughs> the safety position.
1: That's, like that's that fair. Broad. Yeah. I mean, so I'm going
2: to go with, our, our highest draft capital in the, that would be the highest, that biggest letdown. I don't know. Yeah. I guess probably not. It's not a bold prediction. Um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like with the leadership back there, I mean, he is the leader of that group, I guess, that, yeah. that room, if there yep. is one, mm-hmm. I, it's tough I feel bad. I mean, hopefully somebody comes out to play. Um, maybe Anthony Johnson jr. Who knows? Hopefully hopefully. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know. That's it's, I mean, maybe that's a real gimme uh, either way. I, th- I think, mine. I, mean, I think
1: that's safe saying just the whole safety position as a whole anyways, like that's yeah, fair. I feel like that's going to be tough. moving around. It just doesn't know.
2: look very good. I mean, and it's too bad. I mean, I, I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong. Cause it'd be really fun to see a couple of these guys show, but I just, I don't, this doesn't feel like it's there.
3: There's going to be plenty of opportunities for somebody to, to take charge there. Mm-hmm. Definitely,
2: and if we could,
3: I mean, it's a definitely a spot where if if any free agents
2: are are out there, we could definitely fill a position pretty quick and make some room in the safety.
1: We did scoop up that one safety too. I already forgot his name. I know Benson Sims was the tight it, end. Is it Zane Anderson? Yes. Yeah. Who's a white yeah. guy? Just gonna say that I didn't think that Zane true. Anderson was gonna be a white guy. He's a white guy, and apparently he's a big special teams guy too. We. Tyreek Carpenter, after making the 53, we cut him. He's actually on Pittsburgh's practice squad now, so maybe he can be back to playing safety. But uh, he, this uh, Zane is supposed to be another special teams ace as well. Ah, okay.
3: So, Todd, my uh, my pick actually initially was very similar to yours. I wanted to just say the D as a whole, but I felt like <laughs> that was too much of a layup. So I'm going to go a little bit uh, off the grid here again. And I'm going to the passing game so in terms of you know quarterback play the last 15 years it's always been extremely strong we're used to 4,000 yards passing 30 plus touchdowns we had experienced evers I just think there's going to be a lot of growing pains with this group this year and I think Jordan Love will be good but I think we're going to be reminded that he's a first-year starter and he doesn't really have that security blanket and a, a veteran receiver that he can rely on. We've got uh, two second-year guys starting at wide receiver. We have a bunch of rookies all over the place, um, and so I think maybe fan expectations might be a little bit high for for that group, like I said, used to Rodgers. Um, so I think there's going to be some growing pains with drops or missed assignments or bad throws, turnovers, whatever the case may be.
1: That's fair. Someone else who I had written down was Luke Musgrave. Now I'm pretty bullish on him long term, but I I think, you know, there's been a lot of hype, you know, especially like Andy Herman and those guys saying like, "Wow, he's so tall, and he's so fast." And it's like, yes, but there seem to be a lot of drops, a lot of missed assignments. Right. He's not very good at blocking, and I think he's going to be a big part of the passing game, and I think he might be one of the bigger letdowns just because he is you know, pretty young. And he, he didn't even, he played what, two games, four games last year in college. So right, he's, yep. he's still drinking through a fire hose right now. I could see the
2: inconsistency I mean, being there with Luke, right? Like yeah. that can be the problem is like the more of the Marcos Valdez Scantling, like, man, right? he can run, he's fast. It's <laughs> yeah. like, catch the damn ball.
3: Yeah. But I was yeah, going to, I was going to compare it to Jeff Janis, another guy that was tall and fast and had such high expectations. I mean, hopefully, yeah. uh, Hopefully Musgrave and Kraft both have uh, similar success to at minimum MVS than Jeff Janis.
1: If they're as productive in the regular season as Jeff Janis was in the preseason, I think we'll have some pretty good uh, <laughs> tight ends there at least. Um, moving on, rookie of the year. You know, not as many options here, and hopefully we can pick some different guys. Um, I'm gonna leave one out there, hopefully one of you two take. But I'm gonna take Carl Brooks. Uh it seems like he's, you know, maybe been a little bit more impressive than Colby Wooden, who was drafted ahead of him, but he did have that one good preseason game. You know, I'm still a little leery about thinking if this defensive line has actually improved with how we kind of thought the same thing last year, but I I'm still pretty big on the addition by subtraction with Dean Lowry and I don't know, Kenny this week too or yesterday, uh yeah, on Labor Day, the media was in the locker room and a couple of guys talked to Kenny and he was saying that they have a new plan in the run defense this year. Once again, they keep talking about aggression and apparently we're, they're going to try to press more on the defensive line. I don't know, but I'm up for just changing whatever you want with this defense because obviously Joe Barry hasn't had a great plan, but hopefully Carl Brooks can be a little bit of a surprise from a later round draft pick out of this rookie class.
3: I like what? Brooks. Was it that Cincinnati game where I saw a cut up of him on YouTube or something, mm-hmm. and he was just moving, dudes? Yeah,
2: yeah
1: I, I, I think so. Better the Patriots. It was one of the first two for sure.
2: Yeah, I think it was Week One uh, preseason. I saw the same thing. It's it was the pressure he was getting. Nobody could block him. It was yeah. It was it was intense.
1: It was nice that we went up against two like kind of subpar offensive lines with the Bengals and Patriots to start the preseason too. But I mean, sure, I'll take back to that in. I'll take any type of uh, experience that those young guys can get.
2: I'm going to say rookie of the year is uh, Jaden Reed. Yeah, I think he does make a big impact. um, And I think having that slot underneath with having Watson over the top and then Romeo on the outside, I think it just opens up the middle of the field. And we've seen the way that Jordan Love seems to want to attack the middle of the field. And it seems like a really good pairing love wanting to attack the middle of the field and then having Jaden reed especially when you tie it with luke musgrave being able to stretch that middle and pushing linebackers deeper to cover i mean i think that that probably just depends on how they run who knows how they're going to use them but i just think that there's a lot of opportunities for Jaden reed underneath um, and that when he gets the ball in his hands i mean things could be a little scary
1: He does seem to be the most pro-ready wideout we've drafted in quite a long time, maybe since Randall Cobb. I'm not sure who really stepped in. I mean, there hasn't been a ton of opportunities for rookie receivers to produce with the Packers in recent memory, but the hype's pretty pretty high on him. I like it because he's been steady all preseason, and that's what this offense needs. And the way
2: he catches the ball, too, he snags that thing out of the air, which is really fun to see, and he feels
3: reliable over the middle. I'm going to go with Carrington Valentine, the, the star Ooh. of training camp, the star of the preseason. Um, with Stokes's injury, he's kind of still up in the air. I guess I haven't seen maybe one of you have what his status is. He is on the, the PUP, so
1: he'll be out the first yeah. four games at least. Okay.
3: And the preseason, I know that LaFleur made a comment specifically in a press conference about trying to find ways to get Valentine playing time the preseason or in the regular season, just because he's been playing so well, and with Stokes out now for the first few weeks, I think he's get an opportunity, um, and I think that if he takes advantage of it, you know, maybe he jumps Keyshawn in the the pecking order even after Stokes comes back. So I'm going to go with Carrington Valentine.
1: That's a good pick. Yeah, I that last preseason game too. I believe it was the preseason unless it was the last couple practices, but he was running with the ones as the nickel corner. So I was kind of thinking even for like letdown of the year, maybe Keyshawn, kind of hard to duplicate what he did on special teams last year. And there hasn't, there hasn't been many good things coming out of camp about him as the nickel corner, maybe early on, but you know, he had the chance last year too, and he didn't really stick. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do give, valentine at least that opportunity yet in the uh nickel spot there
2: i want to say that i saw a couple clips of like Carrington valentine getting uh reps in the slot to um press against slot receivers um and it looked like he was pretty sticky so um i don't know what game that was but
1: yeah the patriots game yeah i was i think it was the last one against the seahawks but yeah sticky is always the he is number 37 and there's they keep saying how sticky he has been on uh on these receivers as well. So I even try to do that. Wow. You're just, you're so fucking smart. That's unbelievable. I'm just on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Moving on defensive player of the year. Obviously a lot of options. I don't know if you know this. We have a lot of first round picks, a lot of talent on this defense. I don't know if you could really have a wrong answer here, but I am going to go with one Kenny Clark, the ageless wonder. Once again, Hey, is this the year that Kenny has some help? We've been asking for help for, I mean, almost a decade with this guy. Uh, I once again, what seems to be, um, or at least Kenny has his most productive seasons when they're able to put him out at end instead of, you know, taking some snaps at the nose tackle position. So with TJ Slayton having a pretty good camp, it seems like he's going to get a lot of snaps this year. Um, we did Jonathan Ford made the 53 and then they did end up cutting him onto the practice <laughs> <It's>, squad. So <laughs> I don't I'm think sure we uh, talked about how much we liked him. <laughs> well, it's funny too. Cause like we talked about all last he was on the 53 all of last year, all of last year, he makes a 53. It's like, Oh wow. Okay. It makes sense. Nope. Back to the practice squad or finally down to the practice squad. But I think there's gonna be an again with the depth at the outside linebacker position as well, I think there's gonna be a lot of madness going on in the front seven and Kenny can finally not be, you know, the main focus or not at least not a hundred percent the guy who's going to get double teamed. So I'm picking Kenny Clark.
2: That's a good pick. I'm
1: gonna go Thank way you. out
2: on a limb here. Ooh. uh and take Rashawn Gary that he is gonna be <laughs> Spencer almost spit out his beard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's the safest pick in the world uh, that Rashawn Gary is the defensive player of the year. I mean, to be seen coming off his injury and he's going to be limited to start the year, but like once he hits his stride, I mean, that dude's a wrecking ball. Like, and with all the weapons, like you can't double him. Right. It's mm-hmm. so like, that's the thing that I think is going to be so crazy. And he is, I think he is our best defender across if you look at like just pure raw talent and power like in or let's say uh athleticism yeah like rashad gary that's a guy you want to double if you're looking at this front seven you're going okay where's rashad mm-hmm. right let's chip him you know let's put a tight end out there let's do something but all the talent across that front seven it's going to be hard to do that so i think that either maybe you're doubling him and leaving somebody you know, there's going to be too many people that have one-on-ones and for Sean, Gary's got the one-on-one. It's going to be dangerous.
3: might be as excited about that outside linebacker room as I maybe ever have. as so we switch to the three, four, because we have, we have Preston. Gary, yeah, he's coming back from an injury, but he was off an all-pro start last year before mm-hmm. he got hurt. And our depth is so much better this year already with, you know, JJ going into his sector. Hopefully he takes a jump. I'm excited to see what Lucas Van Ness can do. It's nice that he's not going to be expected to do one. But if we're able to keep Gary a little bit more fresh down the stretch, it might make him even more productive.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't even think of that, because especially at the beginning of the year, you know, like Sunday, I don't think he's he's probably going to, like, uh, in 2021.
3: LaFleur said, said, yeah, he's going to be on a pitch count.
1: Yeah, like Z back yeah. in uh, kicking off the 2021 season, he had nine snaps. I would I would think Gary's probably going to be close to that, but we'll see. Only nine, do you think? I think to start the year, you know, I think they want to be safe, and especially playing in Soldier Field as well, you might not. And once again, with all the depth grass, we have, though. I think it's true, but I don't know. I, I just think they'll be a little safe.
3: My pick is, uh, I guess it's the other stud on our defense, is Jair. Um, yep. The, the way that he locks down his guy when... When Joe Barry allows him to do his thing, to play press man and lock down his guy, like he did Justin Jefferson in that game at Lambeau late last year. I mean, he's, he's one of the best corners in the league. So it's going a little bit out on a limb again, because it means I got to trust <laughs> Joe Barry to actually uh, scheme <laughs> the defense correctly. But man, anytime that we threw a game and I don't hear Jair's name called at all, except for maybe in run support, it's a great game
1: <laughs> yeah and he, god he had a goofy year last year too because i thought he was really struggling the first half even that bears game that we won late i mean he got burnt bot he got burnt twice once by Nikhil harry who's on the vikings practice squad now i believe so but i don't know after that then like you said finishing the year off just blanketing justin jefferson probably the most frustrating game he's ever had hard That's not hilarious. to be bullish on jair entering the season Um, moving on, you know, we just had defensive player of the year, obviously next offensive player of the year. So again, a lot of options. I I think this is probably the low hanging fruit. I'm going to take this one. I'm going to take Christian Watson. You know, there are a few ways to go, but Christian Watson is just such a different animal. You know, he is the super MVS, whatever. I I know those comparisons are getting kind of, you know, overblown at this point, or, you know, he's, he appears to be a much better, more well-rounded player than MVS ever was. But You know, last year, what could have happened if that first play he would have caught it? And something else I didn't think of, too. That wasn't only just his first, like, you know, regular season snap. That was his first NFL snap ever because he was hurt in the preseason last year. So just the fact that he, won has been healthy all of training camp, too. You know, knock on on wood that that maintains because he seemed like kind of, you know, that sports car who, you know, will get out of commission for little things, which happen. He's got a little
2: all-wheel drive in him, though.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully. He's a good blocker, too. I've, uh, last week, I did say that uh, Malithik might be the best blocker on the team. Christian Watson did fucking pound a couple guys last year, too. So, I don't know. Just with – he seems to be well-rounded. I don't know how often he'll be on the field, kind of being that speed guy, too. You know, we have quite a few receivers now, but I would – I. If Jordan Love can hit the deep ball with Christian Watson, I mean, that's just going to change the entire outlook of this, this offense. So I'm taking Christian Watson.
2: Yeah, put puts a underneath that ball and let him run under it. That was one <laughs> yeah. thing that it felt like Rogers wasn't doing. Like, you have this Ferrari, zing it, right? Like, just get mm-hmm. it out there and let him find it. But it yeah, seemed like there were more
3: overthrows than anything last year.
2: I was
1: going to say overthrows or balls that are just slightly out of bounds. Yeah, because he, he usually plays it safe or yeah, uncatchable balls either way. Yes.
2: Yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Aaron Jones again, going way out there. But I think that, you know, we're going to lead on the run probably early too. And it's going to be a good opportunity for Aaron Jones to kind of carry this team. That offensive line is looking pretty good this year too. I think As always. Yep. I think that helps open up some running lanes for him. Um, And yeah, I just not super hot on AJ Dillon. um, And you got a rookie back there too. It's like, I think Aaron Jones is going to get a lot of snaps. I think Matt is going to be forced for once to actually give him the ball 20 times a game.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I want Aaron Jones to be the pick too, but I feel like every year we're like, I know. this is gonna be the year. you know last year when we moved on from Devante, we moved on from the best receiver in the league last year. We still didn't stick with him. We had a couple games where he only had three carries in the first half, but you know you would like to think and probably Jordan Love isn't gonna check out of runs as much as Aaron Rodgers right. probably did last year. But yes, it's especially in the pseudo contract year, and I. He probably is the best player on that offense right now. Um, Yeah, I agree. That's probably the correct pick for this year.
3: I'm excited to see it. I mean, Aaron Jones' yards per carry ticked back up to over five yards a carry last year. He's so so. good.
1: He's, He's so good. He's one of the most underrated, and I've said this too much, he's one of the most underrated players in Packers history. He has far and away the best yards per carry in team history. Like, and he's like a full, like last year he had... Uh, he averaged 1.2 more yards per carry than AJ Dillon, you know, and it's just, he's a, he can usually catch the ball pretty well too. Sneaky, good receiver,
2: sneaky, good at running routes and catching the ball too. Like yeah. that's the other thing. He yeah. might get the ball a lot out of the backfield.
1: And he really doesn't have a ton of carries in his career either. You know, Matt LaFleur has always kind of protected him. And I think yeah. um, Mike McCarthy after, uh, I don't want to say ruining Eddie Lacy's career, but he did kind of force him to play on some injuries towards the end. And he he did actually publicly later say that he regretted running Eddie Lacy into the ground. And I think that did play into why Aaron Jones, especially early in his career, didn't get as many carries as he would have liked.
2: I don't think this is crazy to say. I think Chinese food ruined (laughs) Eddie Lacy's career.
1: No, China food. China food is what Twitter. China food (laughs)
2: ruined Eddie Lacy's career. Love Eddie Lacy. Wish he would have played. Wish there was no such thing as China food. And he would still be playing. spinning catch running people over love Eddie Lacey but I don't think it was Mike
1: yeah well uh, potato potato I don't know if he (laughs) I think he really hurt his foot foot or ankle when he when he came back well he he had had the list rank injury yeah coming out
2: of college which is like at at the time people thought was a death sentence that's why nobody took him
1: yeah. Well, that's why everyone on those draft boards, usually um, people were saying you can't put Eddie Lacey to the Packers because they're always so strict on, you know, their oh, health true. health that's, concerns. Yeah. So it was a little surprising. I still remember uh, Todd watching that draft back in uh, Sioux Falls. Uh how in the first round, the Packers take Dayton Jones and we're like, oh my oh, yeah. God, Eddie Lacey was there. Why didn't you take Eddie Lacey? And they end up taking him in the second round. So it ended Dayton up. The tone set up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I still, the worst jersey I've ever bought. I bought <laughs> it. I thought he was going to be him. I'm like, oh my God, he's the perfect, you know. And he said
3: he wanted to be the next Reggie White.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. In his That's first true. press conference, yeah, much, much like you know B.J. Coleman, who we love. Bringing yeah, I was up. gonna say B.J. <laughs> wanted to
2: be—he's like, I'm gonna be the best draft pick you've ever had, or yeah. best quarterback you've ever had, or yeah. whatever it
1: was. Yeah, absolute all-star. All sir. order.
3: So my pick for offensive MVP might be a bit of a cop out. Originally, I had Aaron Jones, so I can't double up on that. But I'm gonna go with the entire offensive line.
1: Okay. To
3: your Todd with having a strong offensive line thinking we're going to need to lean on the running a little bit more young quarterback, some question marks on the outside for how consistent those guys are. It really feels like now that we have right tackle kind of set with Zach Tom, you know, the weak link is at center. And I think you can do some things with your blocking schemes that help to cover up that weakness a little bit. Um, and the other thing that's really nice is everybody is everybody's so versatile on that offensive line. Zach Tom can play basically all five positions. Elton Jenkins can play at least four positions, if not center.
1: Mm-hmm. So oh, he, can. He, can. Yeah, he, he, he can. He could. Okay. Yeah, he has. He can. Okay,
3: even even better. So yeah, um, I think with the more balance and and probably some more uh, focus on the ground game, I'm going to go with the O line.
1: Yeah, I, I like that, too. I wasn't even really thinking of that. It's – I don't know for it, – it's still – and I brought it up last year. It's crazy how, you know, we've been doing this podcast. This, this will be the fifth year. Five years ago, we had pretty much an entirely different offensive line. And if nothing else, the way Goody has been able to supplement all those guys who have got – you know, Brian Balaga signed with the Chargers with the big deal. He didn't last. Corey Lindsley still one of the better centers in the league, but – Very impressive how that's always been a strength. And once again, you know, through Roger's career, and I do think maybe a little late with Goody, we could have got him more weapons, but he always, always had a fantastic offensive line. So I think that'll continue too. Yeah, I'm trying to think
2: as far as linemen go,
1: mistakes Goody has made.
2: Maybe the only one is letting Corey walk. Was that under his?
3: Well, he 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 traded up to take that second round tackle from Indiana.
1: I yeah was Jason What's Spriggs his name? Jason yeah. Spriggs yeah Yeah, I think that Jason was Spriggs
2: was his pick
1: yeah it was no no was that no that I think it was, it was that was that was Ted's was... last year because Goody's first Ted? year yeah. it was that's... Jair and then uh, Josh Jackson that's true okay but no I mean just you to you're think right of
2: like I mean the goalie thing would be like just in hindsight like. Josh Myers hasn't been great, and then the the center, yeah.
1: The hindsight, the hindsight. I mean, letting Corey walk sure, but the hindsight is not taking Creed Humphrey instead of yes, Josh Myers, who's sure. you know the okay. chief center, that's who's one point. of the best in the league. But yes, that's a e- good point. Either yes. way, it's the center position. The center the number, position is the only thing. Yep. The
3: number of fourth, fifth round draft picks he's hit—it's amazing. It, it, not even just him, but also. You know Ted back in the two. I mean, good mm-hmm. grief to find mm-hmm. a franchise left tackle and an all-pro in the fourth <laughs> yeah. round. Yeah. Heard of?
1: I mean, shit. Even like Lane Taylor was Those a serviceable player. You know the under guards to
2: too it. that the guards too that Ted put together.
1: Josh sitting in TJ. I still remember I mean, yeah. TJ Lang beating out first-round pick Derek Sherrod at guard his rookie year or TJ's second year. A, yeah, that was a rough. I mean, his rough he, he broke his leg in a bazillion pieces, so it's shattered. Yeah, kind it. of tough, but. Oof. Yeah. Um, Moving on to, and I kind of just, you know, made this flexible so that I could pick who I wanted. The most important person slash persons of the year, you know, I guess you can maybe say MVP. I am saying the offensive coaching staff. I've been, you know, kind of up and down on them through this off season. You know, once again, I've said it a lot, but didn't come up with a very great game plan last year without Devontae Adams. Obviously Aaron Rodgers, we don't know exactly, you know, what he... You know, if he was sabotaging, whatever some people like to think, but, you know, maybe not running the Matt LaFleur offense. But once again, uh, Adam Stenovich being in his second year now as the offensive court second, third year as offensive coordinator, and Jason Vrabel being the pass game coordinator. Passing game wasn't that great last year with Jason. Hopefully another year with those two helping out with the game plan will help. And, I mean, it's a big year. If, if this offense comes out and we sputter and we're dog shit, and I mean... Dog shit, dog shit. I know uh, Goody, Russ Ball, and Matt LaFleur all, all got contract extensions last year. But if the bottom falls out and this offensive coaching staff can't find a competent offense, I mean, they might they might all be gone. I wouldn't be shocked if they do move on. If we say, say we win three games and, you know, on offense, all these young fucking rookies are running around with their heads cut off. Wouldn't be surprised if that type of move gets made, especially when Mark Murphy's gonna, you know, put a, maybe he wants to put one final stamp on of this franchise before he hands the keys over to hopefully at policy, but we'll see.
3: Isn't it amazing how one year removed from having a back-to-back MVP and mm-hmm. some of the most prolific offenses that this franchise has ever seen just one year later, there's talk about that and 100% valid too. and, in my opinion, Spencer, just with the number of question marks with the the offense.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I don't think like I like I wouldn't fire Matt LaFleur pretty much no matter what happens this season, unless we literally are, I don't know, like a one or two in team. And it, if we're competing on for a the first
3: overall pick, then, yeah, probably probably.
1: But at the same time, it's like, what would, what do you expect from a guy who has a first-year starting quarterback? You would think Jordan Love has to be dog shit if that happens. But at the same time, I could see Mark Murphy, you know, going up and making a bunch of stupid ass jokes in that presser after firing Matt and being like, what? "Well, he, <laughs> yeah, he never does that." Um,
2: <laughs> Mark Murphy.
1: It, saying that, uh, you know, Matt, he couldn't make the playoffs with a hall of fame quarterback. And then he had a guy who knew, learned his offense for four years or three years and he couldn't produce. Like I could see them coming up with that type of excuse. Cause it does seem like once again, Mark Murphy's closer to Goody than he is with Matt LaFleur. But that is my pick. The offensive coaching staff really hoping they put something together this year.
2: I'm glad that you made it more like broad to good coaches. Um, <laughs> But also sad to say that that was the first wrong pick uh, of the show. Joe Barry is the only option. (laughs) Joe Barry is the most important person on the entire team. Like only he can stifle this defense. He's the only person. And like, you cannot change my mind. So Joe Barry, most important person. Please don't screw this up. Please just let him press. Like let them blitz, let them press, put some pressure on the on the offense. Like no more fifteen yard cushion on third and three. My God, we yeah. never do that again. That's just the dumbest thing in the world.
3: And, and like I said before, let your best player take away the other team's best player. I don't want to yes. see Jar Alexander screwing around covering KJ Osborne when we play the Vines.
2: Also, like if you're the players out there and you're like in jair is like i'm following jj like i want to follow jj around and you're like let's not do that like how how deflating like you're like sticking your neck out there like i'm gonna go get this guy and your and your boss is like well maybe brazil wants a chance you know maybe we want to see if uh Maybe we want to see
3: Keyshawn out there on him. Maybe right, we cause... should play a softs against him. Let's see if he yeah. can. Let's let him find an open spot in our zone defense. Well, yeah, I mean,
1: Just the way it went last year, too. And it, it's like, just look at the facts. After week one, Jair was pissed off and publicly said that he wanted to, you know, shadow Justin Jefferson. Yep. We play him again, and he pretty much shadows Justin Jefferson. And you totally, you know took him out of the game. It's like, if you go back and you're not doing something similar to that, I don't know if he's going to shadow DJ Moore, say on Sunday, but you got to at least let that happen I think until do. it doesn't work. Yeah. Hopefully
2: exactly. Let him go. Like yeah. literally like he, he's going to go out there and he wants the guy. He wants their number one, put him on their number one until he can't do it. I a hundred percent agree. Like let him go. And then Thank again, you. with the rest of the defense, like just let him play. Like, come up with a creative blitz package, please. Like, we, this outside linebacker, room, we could just put them all on the field. Put them all out there. Rush cool. the quarterback.
1: Once again, I hope that happens at some point this year. That'd be, NASCAR that'll be awesome. Yeah. Well,
3: when you look at the amount of supposed talent that we have on this defense, we have what, eight first round picks? Like, if it's we're not so, having yeah. success with that amount of presumed talent, then the issue has to be the scheme or the coordinator. Like there's nothing else unless we just happen to miss on all. Well, I'm not going to say all eight of them, but unless we (laughs) missed on five of those eight or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it still comes back to, I think the, the biggest flaw in the Green Bay Packers organization over the past 15 years or the Aaron Rodgers era, it's being too loyal to the defensive coordinators, you know, Dom capers. And obviously, Joe Barry, it's it's been a bit of an issue. Yeah. So, slightly. Yeah.
3: So Spencer, I took this a similar direction that you did because I figured that uh Joe Barry was too much of a layup. So <laughs> I'm I'm all gonna say that uh Matt LaFleur is the most important person.
1: Well, we, we all went with coaches.
3: For similar similar reasons to what you said before, Spencer. So I'm not gonna rehash. But I also just think about almost from a team management standpoint, with this being Easily the youngest team in the league and having so many, especially on offense, important contributors that are going to be so young with such little experience. So how he's able to take this team with a brand new starting quarterback youth all over the board and underperforming defense, how they able to get everybody to, to kind of buy into the program and get them coached up and ready to play. uh, will be interesting to see.
1: Yeah, that's a good pick in, and... I don't get it because last year you know he the way he managed the team wasn't great you know he made a big deal out of going over to London for that game and everything and then we obviously shit the bed and then we, that started the six game losing streak I think I still I get it's stupid but I remember Aaron Nagler saying one of the most he was so impressed with how Matt LaFleur was during their losing streak and then when they went I'm like we it was a lose it was a six game losing streak. You were happy. I don't know. You know. Maybe it would have been better if we got out of it sooner. But whatever. I digress. But it's yeah. I don't know. It's pretty pretty big year for for Matt Lafleur. We'll we'll see how this goes. You guys have anything else for MVPs? Then I think that's pretty pretty solid. There got all all coaching people were very uh, high IQ picks on, uh, on the Poor Packers podcast for who's important for this team. Um, moving on you know I had a little different in my notes but I think we should just go into it because it's pretty nice that we're 40 minutes in and didn't bring them up but figure we should do this (laughs) you know how often are you able to do this Jordan Love career predictions now pretty tough these very well could age pretty poorly but how how often you know he's been in this is his fourth year He's the franchise quarterback. He's only started one game for the Packers, so hey, might as well just try to put somewhat of a flag in the sand and see how poorly these age in the future. But uh, I will say this too: Aaron Rodgers had some comments this week. I don't know if you saw Bill Huber's piece, but it was pretty cool for as much of you know. Aaron Rodgers is kind of was soured by the fan or the fan base soured on Aaron Rodgers in the last few years. He's been you know, perfect as far as his relationship with Jordan Love. In Bill Heber's piece, you know, he had a couple quotes, one of them, uh, quote, he doesn't have to be anybody but Jordan Love. Nobody plays Jordan Love better than Jordan Love, so he's going to be fine. still kind of funny how he says fine and not good or great, but whatever, I digress. Um, But, you know, you don't want to make comparisons exactly with players, you know, kind of like me. It's like, you know, if I'm talking to a band I like, if I talk to him after the show, I don't want to be like, wow, you guys are just like this band, but a little differently. You know, I think <laughs> I think they would be a little offended by, by that. Like, hey, we're our own guy, but I'm going to kind of do that with Jordan Love here. Now, I've been up and down on him. He's, you know, we'll see. I think he's still a lot of fun. But <sighs> so one thing I did, I looked at all the starting quarterbacks in the league and made like a tier list. So I would say oh, the top tier, I think there's 10, there's 10 guys that i would have over jordan love or i think is fine to say are better than jordan love right now or who you would want to have the last next i thought you're
2: 10 guys in like the
3: top tier i was like
1: oh, i got crap.
2: very
3: like, concerned God. for a minute <laughs>
2: a third of the league is in the top tier
1: so i would say you know aaron Rodgers, josh allen joe burrow um uh herbert lamar jackson pat mahomes uh Trevor Lawrence, Jalen hurts. And then after that, I would still, you know, at least for this year, Tua and Kirk cousins, unfortunately, they're just still, they've, they've had some good, you know, solid seasons at least. Maybe not Tua. Sure. But I'm, I'm just saying, (laughs) you know, he's, he's had some nice flashes. Sure. But then after that, he's got some weapons in Miami. He's got tons of weapons. That too. But I'm just saying, I'm trying to be as conservative here as possible. So then, the tier that I would put Jordan Love in, or at least who I would have him in front of for sure would be like Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, Jimmy G, Ryan Tannehill. At least these are guys who they've been in the league enough, but I think we have a pretty good idea of who they are. Now, maybe Justin Fields completely changes history and he learns how to throw football this year. Maybe Dak is healthy and looks like he did kind of earlier in his career. But either way, these are all guys who I would say, if you're, if you're betting, you're going to bet on Jordan Love over these guys, you know, and again Mac Jones, Baker Mayfield, shit like that. So I kind of have Jordan Love in this tier alongside like Kenny Pickett from last year, all the rookies this year, you know, Richardson, um, CJ, uh, Bryce Young from Alabama, and even I, you know, I don't know what the hell Brock Purdy is, Geno Smith had a decent year, so I kind of have Jordan Love right there. But even when he lists those guys off, and you know Deshaun Watson, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, kind of in that same range, and I'm a little biased because I'm a Packer fan, but if you're going to bet on someone, I feel like he, he's still very talented. He's been in this offense. I think there's a very good chance that of that middle tier, he could be the top dog. You know, So maybe he is something like the 12th best quarterback in the league. So sticking with that, my career predictions... I'm going to compare him to someone. And this is bad, but I think it's fair. I think he's going to be someone who wasn't incredibly accurate. He had a 60% completion percentage throughout his career, which is similar to what Jordan Love has had through preseasons and even training camp. Um, Someone who is 11th all time in interceptions. Jordan Love is pretty good at not throwing picks this preseason, but he did that a lot previously. And he did that a lot in college. Someone who played within kind of the same system throughout the majority of his career was pretty solid. Never an all-pro, but a four-time pro bowler, someone who went on to win two Super Bowls. I'm hoping and thinking Jordan Love will be the more athletic Eli Manning. That's what I'm hoping happens. We have enough weapons around okay. him. If Matt LaFleur sticks around in this offense and he keeps, you know, learning the little tricks of the trade being a veteran quarterback, I think he's going to be a Good, you know, even guys like fucking, you know, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, those guys have made Pro Bowls, kind of that same thing. I think he's going to be a little bit better than those kind of mid tier guys. That is my Jordan Love career prediction.
3: Where do you think Eli Manning at his peak, where do you think he ranked among the the best quarterbacks in the league? Was he borderline top
1: 10 maybe right yeah exactly something like that pretty well, close because you're when saying was high...
3: across
2: the entire across his entire career or like at times no I'm...
3: just his his absolute best season
1: yeah because he never like peaked statistically yes.
3: he, all that he had much. some
2: pretty he had some pretty he had some pretty good playoff runs but that's right? like he was I'm, good I'm, at the that's playoffs. what i'm hoping for
3: Yeah, I'm talking just regular season stats, you know, because like Spencer said, never. I'd say he was a top five quarterback a couple times.
2: Probably only once or twice,
1: you know, like he He was just a
2: couple times, but but, still a top five. But
1: you never went into a game against the Giants where you were like, oh, fuck. You can't (laughs) let Eli beat us. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I get, yeah, I guess. I like, probably didn't. I like putting it out there because it's like, if you love Jordan Love, you're a little offended. If you don't like Jordan Love, you're like, well, I don't know about that. You know, that's that's too much. So that's I'm not like
2: a huge Eli fan, but I think No one is. If we could get an Eli Manning, that would be I mean, you could win a Super Bowl with that guy. But like, right? what, like that's a that's a really good quarterback.
1: But Eli Manning is like clutch Kirk Cousins. You know what I mean? But he's
2: okay. Rude. Um <laughs> I think <laughs> I think Eli Manning, like, what you get with him is, like, a lot of consistency, right? Like, I think that, that is be super cute. key in the NFL and, like, played good when he needed to. And he had a good support cast. Like, you can't – his defenses were good, too. So, yes. Yeah, but, I mean, that's a that's a championship recipe right there. Consistent quarterback play paired with, you know, good scheme. And, yeah, you got to have a good defense, but –
1: yeah, I mean, that's that's all I'm asking for. I don't know if you guys have more concrete takes for who you think Jordan Love's going to be, but... So we have to, like, say he's going to be a player, like uh, Mike no, Vick. That's what I... Yeah, yeah, that's what I did, but it's... I mean, this is a pretty flexible... uh What's, what's the term I forgot a couple of weeks ago? Fluid. A very fluid uh topic, I suppose. I think... I don't think...
2: I don't necessarily I don't know. It's tough to say that he's going to be as consistent as like an Eli. I mean, I would I would love for him to be that consistent. Um, I think he's going to be more of an up and down. Yeah, I, I just I think it's really likely he's got more ups and downs. I I don't know if the ceiling is like MVP. Mm-hmm. Um now, Nick Foles was MVP, so I guess it
3: really could be <laughs> Super Bowl MVP, yes. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Well, whatever. Anyway. Well, Car- Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate. Before <laughs> that's what, that's actually yeah. who I was
1: thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Sorry. I was wondering that, yeah.
2: Okay, so that was actually who I was thinking of as Carson Wentz. Anyways. I don't know. I think it's going to be more ups and downs. I think especially in the beginning. Um, I think over his career, probably the same thing where he has some really good seasons, he has some seasons where you're like, shit. Like even Aaron Rodgers had a couple seasons where it was like, eh, it's not really there. So I don't know. I don't know if I have anybody to compare him to. Uh,
1: that's Joe Montana. That's better. That? Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll take it. We'll take it. I, I guess we'll take that.
3: So I'm a little bit more. I think I'm a little bit more in your realm here, Spencer. I think the way this plays out, I think he shows enough flashes this year that causes Goody to extend his deal. I know that we kind of restructured his deal, basically, I'm under contract for one more year after this, right? The 24 season. We
1: kind of, like, made it so that if we, you know... It's kind of like what we did with JerMichael. God, I don't. My brain. I don't know why I was able to think of this so quickly. But kind of like what we did with JerMichael Finley back in the day, where we didn't give him. He wanted wide receiver money. We were like, no, you you get tight end money. And we kind of went in between. It's kind of what we did between, you know, giving him the fifth year option and. That's right.
3: Yes. So. Okay. So I think that he plays well enough this year, shows enough that we end up extending him for another four or five years. Um probably gets, you know, top, easily top 10 quarterback money, just because that's what the the market is going to dictate for a, somebody a, that's a young and promise.
1: Daniel Jones contract, last, another NFC. East. Yes. You remember Rogers, his first year when we gave him that contract, it was Tony Romo money, Daniel Jones money. Yep.
3: yep. Um, so his ceiling, I think kind of like what you were saying, Spencer, I, I looked at this as a, where does he fall with his peers? I think he's going to comfortably be in the top 15 among the quarterbacks. You know, after you rattled off all those guys, I was like, well, shit, I would absolutely <laughs> take him over every rookie quarterback this year. Right. Just because yeah. he's essentially a rookie, but he has three years of experience already.
1: And I don't think those guys were great prospects either, you know? I mean, Correct. Bryce Young was the first overall pick, and he I'm, I'm fucking five inches yeah. taller than him. <laughs>
3: So I think his ceiling is somebody like, like a Derek Carr, a Kirk Cousins. Ugh. They're fine quarterbacks. You can, the you can ceiling? make the playoffs, can make the playoffs with them. Yeah. But just not somebody that's going to tip the, the field in your direction. Like, you know, a Rodgers does, so, which, which that, that's a terrible comparison. Let me, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to back up on that. Just before you guys call me out, uh, not going to tip the field in the way that a a, a Justin or a, a Trevor Lawrence does.
1: Yeah, it's and I don't know because that's that's my biggest fear is that he's Derek Carr Kirk Cousins. I don't even know Derek, Kirk. It, Kirk's. Just I such would be a scared different...
2: to get a Kirk. It's because he's good enough. Exactly, that you can't get rid of him. Like that's the fear. That's, that's
3: exactly. exactly what I, I I top five quarterback in the NFL you know, maybe his best season. So I looked it up because we, we talked about it. Eli Manning had a season where he threw for 4,900 yards. I don't ever see that happening. And I also think with uh, Jordan Love, like I said before, we need to almost reset our expectations because he's not going to be like Rogers and throw for 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns because that's not our offense anymore. Yeah. So I think maybe like, rogers season last year where he threw for thirty-seven hundred yards and 26 touchdowns and 12 picks like that feels like kind of my expectations for jordan love
1: yes i i feel that same way for this year as well give me joe flacco <laughs> just just need i mean one super bowl well, that's that, all we need that, that's run. the thing how how poet i don't know if poetics still Dilfer correct... won a super bowl
3: yeah yeah yes But we also don't have the 2,000 Ravens defense out there, (laughs) as far as I know.
1: We'll see. A lot of first-round picks. Joe Barry would not allow it. (laughs) But what I was going to say is how—poetic isn't maybe the right word, but it would make sense to me, the way the universe works in stupid-ass ways. If we have 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play— and get two Super Bowls, and then we get, you know, whatever Jordan Love, however long we get him, and he's okay, serviceable, and we win two Super Bowls, you know, how, that that just makes sense in my brain, like something like that is going to happen, because it's been such, you know, something we've talked about for so long with these quarterbacks that we've had. Here's the
3: thing, I honestly think we could win a Super Bowl with Jordan Love, with the team as it's currently constructed, just because, like we're saying, if Joe Barry figures out how to coordinate a defense with this amount of talent we Mm -hmm. could have a top 10 defense. And with so many young guys, they're on their first contracts, they're young, they're cheap, and they're talented. So if they figure it out a little bit ahead of schedule here, I feel like this year, it's about, okay, let's figure out what we have in these guys. Mm -hmm. Let's figure out, you know, what we think they can be, who takes a step, who figures it out. And then next year, it kind of feels like that that year with Rogers where we made the playoffs, his second year as a starter where we made the playoffs, made the wild card, lost that heartbreaker to Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, year three with love as a starter, that's the time to to go on a run here.
1: Yep. Yep. No, I fully agree. Todd, you got anything else?
3: Yeah, I I think
2: I don't see fe- you were talking about how like this team could like Potentially be like a Super Bowl team, like you wouldn't feel bad about it. Probably not
1: this year. Next year, this year, it's like we'd have to hit the lottery on all these. The only thing
2: I can think about when you said that, though, is I'm like, you could give this team 18 buys, and (laughs) you could you could walk them to the Super Bowl. Where where is it being held? Vegas. Who knows? Wherever it's at. I'm not sure. Um, uh, Anyways, like you
3: could literally think it is
2: Vegas. hold their hand and walk them all the way to the Super Bowl, and that coaching staff could not win a Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> well, we That's don't know. We don't know. I'm I've been pretty sour on them, but you're you're probably. Not. I'm just saying. Uh, yes, yeah, no. It's you're not. We're
2: not there. I'm not saying we won't get there. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like you could you could walk this team to Super Bowl, and I don't know that ugh, where we're at right now then I would feel very well, confident in that coaching staff putting together a game plan to win a Super Bowl.
1: Okay, well, let, let's get into this because it's kind of what we're finishing off here with predictions that we're kind of talking about right now. But the season predictions, run through it here quick. Uh, Vegas has us as a um, the over-under for wins, 7.5. Packers have the ninth easiest schedule with a combined opponent record of .476 in 2022. Um, and, man, it's... It's still, we. It's once again, this is going to be a very fun, very interesting year. But, God, even, you know, I, I'm being very conservative. I'm seeing other opinions of guys I respect, and it's, it's kind of weird. Tom Silverstein, who's been covering the Packers since, like, the 80s, he has them winning 10 games this year, and he's usually very, very conservative on stuff. You know, Jason Wilde, he's still having them winning six or seven games is kind of where he's at. Bill Huber, who covers sports, who covers from uh, Sports Illustrated, who I think he, he's the best training camp, the uh, best yeah. guy covering training camp. Um, he's saying if you know if Jordan Love can hone in his deep ball and figure shit out, that they could be really good. And Matt Schneidman, he's been saying, and you know I, he's a younger guy, but I do respect his opinion quite a bit too. He's been saying it. This is a ten week win team too. So I don't know. It's tough to temper expectations, I guess, but. Again, like I've been saying all offseason, if we win three games next year, I wouldn't be shocked. If we win 12 games next year, I wouldn't be shocked. There's just such a high ceiling and low floor with the youth and talent on this team. I don't know. I'm a loser. I like the narratives and shit, you know, with these previous quarterbacks we've had. I looked at Aaron Aaron Rodgers' first year. You know, he won six games. Brett Favre's first year starting. They won uh, nine games. And then I looked at Aaron Rodgers last year, how he was. Averaged it all out. I got 8.66 wins. I'm rounding up. I think we're going to be a 9-8 and football team. Could be 8-9. I think it's going to come down to hopefully. Again, the way the schedule works out is nice because we have some cupcakes early in the year when you think this young team's going to struggle. So if yep. we can get through that and this team keeps improving, God, you, you really think we should we should win nine games and be in that conversation. As long as the bottom doesn't fall out on a very talented defense and a very talented, but young offense. So I'm, I'm saying nine and eight fighting for a wild card berth. That's where I'm at.
2: I think I'm looking at the schedule right now and we got a week six bye. I think if we enter the bye three and two, I think this is a 10 win team. <laughs> I'm looking at the rest of it. There's some losses and there's going to be some bad losses, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can pick where they are. Kansas City, obviously. We could lose out to Minnesota. I mean, I I could see that happening. Um, there, there's some losses there, but, man, I think there's a handful of wins here. And I think if – and it all it all kind of rides on – I mean, realistically, it does ride on Jordan Love's shoulders. Oh. Um, I know that Joe Barry, most important person, I still stand by that comment, but – I think Jordan Love, right? Like that's really what it rides on. And I think if we get to the bye week three and two, it's a really good looking rest of the season. Yeah, I think that that looks really good. And and we could definitely do it. You got Chicago, Atlanta, New Orleans, Detroit, Vegas. There's these. It's not a stifling, you know, first five games.
3: There's there's more games in there where you look at it and you go, oh, that's a loss. There's no impossible games in the first
2: five. Yes. <laughs> Detroit's the toughest game. Yep, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think by a long shot, right there, the choice toughest game. So if we, can Saints might be four decent and one. Be, yeah. yeah. Yes. Can you imagine if we made? Yeah, Saints are decent, but I think can you imagine you make it in there four and one. I mean, granted that maybe is crazy, but I'm just saying, I think this is a ten win
3: team also. Don't hate it. I guess, I I guess I'm going to be the downer here and I'm going to say that I think we go, we win seven games just because, like I said before, we're, we're so young and we would have to have an awful lot of things go right, especially on offense and especially early. I think that's, what's going to hold us back early on in the year. Like if we come out of the gate and stumble. And if the defense plays like it did at the beginning of last year, we're in trouble. If the offense comes out and Jordan Love is dealing and Joe Barry lets the defense cook, then, you know, my prediction is out the window. But like I said, I look at, I look across the schedule and I don't see a lot of games where it's like, well, that, that one's definitely in the loss column. Kansas city, obviously Minnesota and Detroit are going to be tough. But other than that, it's like Pittsburgh. (laughs) <laughs> i
2: know I that's see what give, i'm looking at too we i could see Denver. us giving
3: them a run new york ike is given them a run i think the issue is going to be because so young we don't necessarily know how to win close games and jordan love hasn't been in a lot of those situations so yep.
0: i was going to say i remember
3: i remember aaron Rodgers' first year we went six and ten and how many games did he go down and give the offense the lead <sighs> late in the game and then the defense choked it away. I think it'd be similar to that. We lose a lot of close games either because Jordan Love has an opportunity, doesn't get it done, because the defense, you know, chokes down the stretch. So I'm gonna go with seven and what does that make it now a seventeen game? Seven and ten.
2: I think that's a really good point. Is this team polished enough? Can this team put it together to win? at the end of the game way a close game when it counts, you know, also there's no Mason Crosby. You mm-hmm. can't just go down the field and kick a right. field goal, mm-hmm. right Kicker yeah, is a,
1: Carlson. a question mark. He'll, he'll, kick made... it, he'll kick it far enough. We don't know if it'll go through the uprights, but he'll kick it far enough.
2: That is a big question mark too, because you always had Mason Crosby. Okay. Yep. Let's just go get three. Okay. We're down by two. Let's go get three. Well,
3: right? and with Crosby too, it was okay. Let's get to the, let's get to the 35 yard line. Yeah. I feel good about him from 52 and let's get to the
2: 40 he kicked so many of those where you're just like yeah he's got to make this yep he made it like where you are just like okay this feels really good and you got to the point where you're like okay all we like you said we just got to get to the 35 okay we got there kick the field goal let's go home
3: right and and not even the ones at the end of the game too think about the ones that he made that put the game out of reach right like we're up by seven with four minutes left and we go down we kick a 37 yard field goal okay 10 point game game over yeah it's super nice to get to the 40
2: and be like let's run it three times and get three points (laughs) right like let's just let's just go do it let's run the clock down and get out of here
1: and it does once again go back to how important this year is for Matt LaFleur because you know in the past those games where You know, maybe Rodgers wasn't – or the team wasn't as clutch the last few years under Matt LaFleur. Obviously, in the playoffs, we didn't have, you know, those clutch victories that we really needed. But we had that game against the Niners where Rodgers was able to get us into field goal range to win it. You know, even that Bengals game, there was a couple big plays to get us there so we didn't tie with them. And Matt LaFleur has kind of struggled in those kind of pressure situations. So, I don't know. We'll see. The other thing that I'm looking forward to, too, is hopefully, you know, again this is a young team and you think there's going to be a slow start but fuck if they didn't look halfway decent this preseason coming up pretty hot and Razul douglas made the comment yesterday too how matt lafleur did tell the team that they were playing this preseason so that they weren't coming out slow like they did the last two years so hopefully that is beneficial for this team as well all right that's the season um only one thing left to do to talk about on this episode we have the bears game Finally, the Bears game. The preview uh, kickoff at 325 on Fox. We do have, you know, first game moving on from Aaron Rodgers, but we do have the number one crew from Fox with uh, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson, who I think are pretty solid. You know, I still did, you know, Joe Buck and uh, uh, Troy Aikman got a lot of shit, but I thought Buck was always really good, and it's fine with them on. Are they on Monday Night Football now? Yeah, not Amazon. That's uh, Al Michaels. Um, Yeah. but we have the number one crew still with Jordan Love. Uh, Packers are one point underdogs throughout the entire off season. We were three point dogs, which if you don't know betting, you know it's three points basically if you're the home team. So on a neutral field, they're seeing the Packers are two points better than the Bears. Uh, but this is also the first time the Bears have been favored since 2019, which Shit. this is our fifth year wow. doing the podcast. That was the first game we ever had a podcast for, um, so that's kind of interesting to see too. Uh, the over-under is set at 43.5, kind of higher than I thought, especially week one. I I don't bet on Packer games because whenever I do, something bad happens, so I won't. But if I did, I would absolutely take the under and probably the Packers, but I don't know. This is the 207th time the Packers and Bears have played each other, which is fucking nuts. The Bears' all-time record head-to-head uh, or the Packers Bears record head to head is 105 uh 95 and 6 with the Packers now leading before Brett Favre took over it was 76 57 and 6 so that's just swung over the last yeah. 3 years which is fucking wow. crazy um and that that was the first time we overtook the record we that happened back in 2017 with Aaron Rodgers first time the Packers had the all-time record over the Bears uh since 1932 which is a long time ago. Um Bears all-time wins are 786, the Packers are 790. Another thing to look at with this Jordan Love era, which is stupid with the narratives, but I love doing it. Once again, Aaron, uh Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, we have the most wins in NFL history right now. Hopefully Jordan Love can keep that going over the Bears throughout his career here. Um we open and close the season against the Bears, so that'll be kind of fun too. Um, oh. But as far as looking at this team, this is the second year under head coach Eber uh, Flues. What's his first name? Is it Mike? Matt. Matt. Yeah, I got the M right. Uh, and offensive coordinator Luke Getze, who was our quarterback coach with Aaron Rodgers. So it'll be interesting to see that. Of course, you know, I'm sure just to catch everyone up with the Bears this offseason, they had the first overall pick because they were dog shit last year, but they traded that away for, I was pretty jealous of the haul that they got because holy shit, is that a lot? They got the ninth yeah. overall. They swapped out the first overall pick for the ninth overall pick, a second overall pick, a 2024 first, a 2025 second, and wide receiver DJ Moore, who's, I don't know, a top 20 ish. Like he's a pretty solid wide receiver. He always played very well until last year, but Caroline was pretty fucking bad last year. Um, also, so Ryan Pace is their GM. Pretty big year for him. They had so much cap space, but I don't know if I agree with everything that they did this offseason. It's kind of reminiscent of what you see, like what the Jaguars seem to do every two or three years because they spent $72 million over four years for Tremaine uh, Edmonds, the inside linebacker. They also paid 19 dollars over three years to TJ Edwards. So two inside linebackers, that's quite a bit of money. They yeah. also paid Marcus uh, Walker, a defensive lineman who's never been a full-time starter and has 12 and a half sacks through his five-year career. So they signed him to a decent deal. Um, they also signed a decent guard and signed running back uh, Devonta Foreman after David Montgomery left. And they also obviously had their draft their draft selections with uh, Darnell Wright, who I think is a pretty solid offensive tackle. I, he's a guy I kind of wanted the Packers to take, too, and then they took that defensive lineman out of Florida, who I kind of liked as well in the second round, but uh, yeah, the Bears, very similar to the Packers, having a 7.5 win over under set by Vegas this year. I don't know. It's going to be, you know, it's summer. Chicago is it's pretty cool. I really, I really fucking hope we win this game. I hope we win this game a lot. I'm trying to think when the last time was a a bears packer game was this important? Probably. I mean, it has to be the uh, the Cobb fourth and – was it fourth and six? Oh, fourth, fourth and eight. eight. Fourth and eight game. And before yeah. that, probably, you know, the NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl. Like, this is a huge narrative game, which I've used the word narrative too many times in this podcast. But how exciting is this? You know, the changing of the guards in Soldier Field. Justin Fields, who, you know, it's a big year for him too. Two young quarterbacks. I don't know i'm very excited once again i get into the stupid you know storyline disney world type deal where god if jordan love if 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 we shit on the bears this week i i I don't know like i will be so that would be like the happiest i've been for a regular season win since i (laughs) i can remember you know what i mean outside of like something that had playoff implications so i don't know i'm excited what do you guys think
2: it's never bad to shit on the Bears. True. It's never bad. It's always a good day when you shit on the Bears. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look at this team. I feel like we match up pretty good against them. Um, They were, what, number one in rushing last year, 32nd in passing. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah, dog. I think.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I we'll find out we, if
3: this new yeah, run defense technique kind of, or whatever it is.
2: I kind works. of like it because, hey, it's a good test for what seems like maybe a team that's got a little bit more beefy, right? Our defense seems a little bit more beefy than it was last year. Yeah. So let's see if they can hold up against the run. Um they have a fullback, so
1: you know they are the ball. Yeah.
2: So I don't know. Yeah, I I'm, I'm really excited to see uh Jordan Love against, you know, a real defense, you know, somebody actually scheming against Jordan Love, throwing yeah. some looks out there. Um you know, they got good safety play. Um, so interesting to see how he attacks the middle of the field with Eddie Jackson back there. I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I it's it's really exciting. I would agree. I don't know I don't know if I've been this excited for a week one in a while. Um that's a good way to just put it. Just in general, Same. just to be yeah. like, this is a really exciting time. Um really I think in the past i I've, I've been more like it's more like anxious like we it's more Mm -hmm. like a relief when Mm -hmm. we win Where now i'm more just like excited to go watch the game does that make sense yeah no expectations this year yeah yeah there's like no expectations i'm just excited to see what unfolds i'm sure i'll be devastated that's (laughs) right now i'm telling myself i'm just excited to go watch yeah the other
3: tricky part with this game is you know not only is it jordan loves first game against a defense that's actually throwing him you know live looks and, and blitzes and, mm-hmm. you know, disguising coverages and everything. You know, I, I get that he had some playing time as couple of years, but you know, now as a full-time starter, but it's also week one. So there's no, there's really not any film on these guys with, mm-hmm. you know, the new, uh new personnel. So yeah, I'm excited. um The, the bears offense intrigues me. I think they have a decent offensive line. Um, Can't be they worse. have some, they, they have some okay weapons. I I like DJ more a lot. I think that Jair should do more than just get his against him still. That's just how highly I think of Jair chase Claypool. If he can bounce back, you know, that's an interesting piece. They're running backs. I don't, I don't know. Devontae Freeman. I, I feel like might be on the, the downhill side of his career. I like Khalil Herbert, but I don't know that he's a a you know twenty carries a it's day.
1: Scary, right? He's, yeah, not, he's a little. He, he was best, I, I like him in fantasy this he, year.
3: He was best in that third down roll in years past. I thought yeah. kind of that change of pace to Montgomery. I liked him there, but should point out so, too
2: where they had their rushing yards too. A lot of it was Justin Fields last year, right? Yeah, right, like twelve hundred yards
1: were just
3: nuts. It was so
2: much many of those yards was Justin Fields. So maybe it's not a really. Maybe it's a different kind of test. Maybe it's a strawberry test,
1: dumb sure papers we,
2: test. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that we
3: talk about this every <laughs> single time we play a mobile quarterback, whether it's Fields or Lamar Jackson. I still have nightmares about that stupid Colin Cap playoff game. Oh, I knew you were going to say it I, Eric her. Eric Walden is still... Hell yeah. Kaepernick oh, Kaepernick. Hell yeah. That, I mean, uh, in circles wondering I mean, where he's at. I've
1: said that so many times on this podcast, it's hilarious that Billy said oh. it. <laughs> still spinning it looking. Yeah.
2: It was bad. He had no idea where Colin Kaepernick was, and guess where he was? He was in the end zone 9 times out of 10. <sighs> yeah.
1: God, in that game too, Sam Shield started... Remember the pick 6, like in the first yes. quarter? Oh, fucking first drive of the game mm-hmm. yeah it was horrible. but uh yeah i don't know like you were saying to todd i'm keeping the optimistic brain because if we lose fuck would that suck you know if if we yeah. that monday after would be awful unless it's you know if, if it's what if an, we just if, look horrible that's a, if yes an, i could take a moral victory but this off season two i mean hopefully sunday is when the bears fans on social media stops because fuck are they not how many times like just on twitter have you seen stupid highlights from that december game last year where there was like two long receptions and justin fields running it's like you guys lost this fucking game and you're <laughs> excited about i don't know we'll see but i don't know. either way- i saw
3: something that espn chicago somebody on espn chicago today said that oh i don't think the packers offensive line is any better than average so we should be able to put some heat on jordan love it's like See it. Have you been paying attention for the last 10-15 years? Our offensive line is always top ten, borderline, top five.
1: Yeah. Easy. Minimum average.
3: I mean, and always. I I went and looked at their pass rushers. It's like you have Yannick and yeah. Like, okay. Oh, I forgot and he's then there. After that, it's like a bunch of a bunch of dudes.
2: Marcus Walker's their other end.
1: You've got uh, Andrew Billings, and Justin Jones. Who was the defensive lineman that always gave us trouble who moved on last year, I think? From the Bears? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know who you're talking about. God damn I it. do, too. Oh, shit. Well, I don't know. Someone look it up. Either way, looking score predictions now. I do think, once again, I'm still surprised by the over-under, but I don't think... You know Jordan Love was pretty good this preseason. Justin Fields was not. I still think you know early in the season too. It's going to be a lower scoring game. I do have the Packers winning, however, twenty three to thirteen. I don't know. I I think it's, you know, these NFC North football games are always ugly, especially in the season yeah. young quarterbacks. I, I don't think the Bears defense is too talented, but I don't know if they're going to, you know, get to Jordan Love a little bit more and kind of throw him off like the Chiefs did back in the day. Obviously, he hasn't experienced that too much this preseason. It's not like I don't think he was pressured once and then the Eagles game he wasn't pressured either, so that's going to be a huge test for him. However, I don't think the Bears are capable of doing that in this game, especially Soldier Field, too, with that turf slowing them down. Again, yes, 23-13, Green Bay Packers, a W. I'm
2: going to say, yeah, I'm going to say it's a little bit lower scoring. I'm going to say 17-14, Packers. Still think the Packers come up with a win. I'm not super hot on that offense out of the gate. I think it takes a couple of weeks to heat up let to say 17-14. But I think the defense probably looks pretty good. And also, I don't think very highly of the Bears offense. So that's probably more where this is going to go.
3: I'm going to go with Green Bay 20, Chicago 13. I think first game of the year, both offenses maybe struggle to find their footing. Maybe they move the ball a little bit. have to settle for some field goals. I think we're going to be able to move the ball you know, once we kind of get settled in, I think it's going to be a slow start, but I think in the second half, we'll be able to move the ball, put some points on the board, and we'll do just enough to get the win.
1: I love these ugly scores too. I, I'm just, like, assuming missed extra points in these types of games, you
2: know? <laughs> yeah, I almost, said, I almost said some missed extra points, but I was going <laughs> to say it on our side. Right. So yeah. maybe less fun.
1: I mean, Anders can kick in Lambeau Field, outside of Lambeau Field, not so much, so who knows, but I don't know. And
3: Chicago is a difficult place to kick, right on the lake there with the swirling winds. And
1: and it's so ugly, too, you know, I kind of get distracted looking at the fucking spaceship on on top of the historic columns and shit (laughs) that they have up there. Ugh. They they destroyed, if nothing else, I mean, you know, I don't love Mark Murphy, not like he could have ruined it, but God, have, they, have the Bears ruined their franchise over the last 10 years, kind of looking past their history with all that shit. But moving on to bold predictions, we do this with every game, a bold prediction, something that, uh, I don't know, a flyer, uh, you know, a low chance of happening, you know, in the past when... Big dog Mercedes Lewis was on our team, you know, it would be like a big dog touchdown, something like that, and something we didn't mention. Robert Tunyon and Big Dog and EQ, I assume he made yeah, the roster again being on yeah, that team. Yeah, He's on the roster. So and then again, Luke Getze. I don't know if they have any other coaching staff that used to be. Anyways, uh bold prediction and once again getting back to the narrative, stupid Disney shit. I have Jordan Love scoring a rushing touchdown. I don't know. I mean, what does he do if he scores? Do you think he has some type of celebration plan? Like, is there some different type of belt he could do or something he would? I yell was at the say, fans, you know. I own you too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yes.
2: I, a, a like a nostalgic like belt, like a, an Aaron Rodgers, like a young Aaron Rodgers belt, the just wide. like as a as a tribute.
1: I think oh. back to the in Pittsburgh belt when he ran it in. That was like the widest he got with the belt. Oh, that the was bang, fucking flashy. Yeah, and the, the it's like the older he got, the smaller the belt got. You know, it was like secret at times. Even the, I think he did it like once or twice over the last four years, and you could like if you looked away, you know, you missed it. So. Remember you did the key and peel, yeah. hip thrust against <laughs> the body. Anybody remember that?
2: This is really good yes. for a podcast so we can yeah. see what I'm doing. Yeah. With the hands behind the head, and then like the, the what is it short two pumps. Little... <laughs> was that what it was something yeah. like yes. that I,
1: did he get flagged for it too i don't, I don't remember i
2: don't i f- no i don't think he got flagged i think what happened was is nobody really realized what he was doing because like the announcers have no idea who came i Kilar, suppose right? yeah true and well, so that uh, just like kind of like goes under the radar but
1: aaron yeah we'll have to look that up but yes okay billy or Todd, sorry, you didn't have your bold prediction. Did I say mine? No, no I don't I'm, think I did. Uh,
2: bold prediction. I'm going to say the safety's going to pick.
1: Ooh. That'd be... Nah, Darnell, be Darnell Savage can't catch, though, so it's got to be Rudy. Well, it
2: doesn't matter who. <laughs> yeah. Any one of them. Somebody come out and catch the
1: ball. Hey, Rudy came out hot last year when he, uh, when he... When Savage was benched, I think he had, like two or three picks in the first two or three games that he played maybe he had a sack too but he came out pretty hot so maybe he'll continue that Hey,
2: when Justin Fields throw the ball it's time to get
3: some picks (laughs) right let's get some get it while it's hot
1: Razul might be the the safer pick yeah
3: I like the way you think Todd I was thinking in the same direction, but I'm going to make a call back to my uh, rookie of the year and say Carrington Valentine gets a pick on day that would be nice that would be a lot of fun
1: number 37 getting a pick in soldier field if you remember what clinched the nfc champ game was sam shields on that final drive on was it what's his name was it todd collins was that to the third string quarterback
3: no it was uh no. todd collins was the guy that came in and was trash as the backup Right, that's what I said. Caleb Haney was the third draft. Caleb Haney. Are you that's sure? Who God, yes, I, it was Caleb Haney. I'm 100% well, positive. So, so Shields what, had, two, had two interceptions in that game, if you remember. He had one right I before halftime.
1: Yeah, You know what? I think Todd Collins came... I think there was three quarterbacks that played for the there Bears. Was, there, there, there was were was Todd three. Collins
3: came like, in for okay, cool. Butler and was absolute trash. <laughs> and then... I remember there were conversations because they benched Collins in the third quarter, and there's some rule where if you bench your second-string quarterback, then the first stringer can't come back in or something in the fourth quarter.
1: right. I forgot about that. I just remember— That was a rule? Yeah. I think so. I I remember seeing—yeah, because I remember being like, oh, shit, Jay's not coming in. And Fox did Jay Cutler no favors, just showing him on the sideline, just moping. And apparently he did have a pretty— serious injury i think he needed surgery after that season but yeah
2: oh yeah i did not know that that was a rule i don't why is that a rule that i'm you not sure if you're
1: i i think it was some weird rule that's back like then. one I'm of those rules where somewhere. it's
2: like you can't have you can't boil your chicken in arkansas or something like that that's like one of those rules <laughs> i thought it was like, why like is that a rule? i
1: thought it was like feathers out of a truck no that's that's allowed in states chicken feathers can come out of a truck but you can't like have any other litter but chicken feathers are okay same Something thing like
2: yeah doesn't make any sense wise rule <laughs> it's my roster you can do whatever i want with it very fair
1: yeah i hope that happened that'd be pretty cool I, I mean what would you i feel like justin fields is gonna throw two picks i i feel like the over under has got to be set at like one and a half for sunday i hope god i think? I, I should stop talking i don't want i don't want any of this to age poorly but i guess that's what podcasts do anyways
3: all of this is
1: <laughs> yeah we'll go back it's, at the end of the year we'll watch our 45, predictions 45 42 barn or just because <laughs> reasons. Yeah, let's see. Uh, speaking of that i mean great great preview right there but uh what we're gonna start doing this year is corrections we are the poor man's packers part podcast and we are dumb dumbs we're idiots sometimes i say uh I speak too fast. My brain doesn't connect, so we're going to start having corrections from the previous episode at the end of these episodes. So last week, because I always, you know, I'm a narcissist, having to to go back and listen. Also, sometimes I upload it and then five mistakes, which I will mention here as well. First one, correction from last week: I said Dean Lowry was more of a pass or a, a run stuffing defensive end. He was more seen as a pass rushing defensive end, even though. I think he, the high sacks he had on the season was probably like three and a half or four. I was going to say, you wouldn't have known it from his stat line. Yeah. Either way, if you said he was a good run stuffer or a good pass rusher, either way, you're you're wrong. Um, <laughs> I said that this was the youngest Packers team since 2017. It's actually the youngest roster in the NFL since 2017. We brought up the Browns from that year too. So it's that young. Um, I said that tight end coach John Dunn, his previous big accolade that the Packers noted was uh, the Jets tight end, Chris Hendon being third in receptions. I just said receptions. I didn't say receptions for the Jets. Receptions in the league. That'd be impressive. Receptions for the Jets. Not so much. Um, I said, predicting that either Cody crest or deuce Watts would be on the practice squad. Neither made it. Bo Melton actually made it. And something that's hilarious is Cody crest, you know, a white athletic wide receiver. He, he played the Patriots the second preseason game. He tried out for the Patriots after the Packers cut him. He didn't go he hasn't been signed on their <laughs> practice squad yet, but you know Bill Belichick is thinking that he's gotta scoop him up eventually. Uh the best two ones the corrections, I forgot to cut out the parts Last week where I said I need to cut this part out of the podcast. (laughs) That made it to the final cut. Forgot to take it out. And the last thing is I said I was thirty-two years old. I am actually thirty-one years old. So (laughs) So so there you go. Oh no. That's it's I think we came off pretty well overall this episode. I don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but so you know we are still idiots. So uh, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Speaking of patting ourselves on the back, I do want to take the opportunity oh, since God. this is my first time on the podcast in a while. My bold prediction at the after the draft and the the undrafted free agents. My bold prediction was that Benny Sapp would make the fifty-three. He did not, but he is on the practice. Well, I want a half a point.
1: <laughs> I love oh, that. okay. I was I was gonna say you're gonna take credit for being wrong, but uh, half a point. Well, <laughs> we will allow that. I will award you. the half. Yeah. Um. Other than that, uh, wrapping things up. Last week I brought up reviews, or you know, you can you can leave some ratings for the podcast. You know, once again, I I mean. We don't make any money. I don't give a shit about that. I like, we have the ads, but that's what the fans said. I mean, fuck it. You know, I get like 15 bucks a month or some shit for the ads that play. But I just like talking about the Packers with my buddies. And it's very cool that people, you know, we get, we get like hundreds or thousands of people every week listening, which is pretty fucking cool. And we had this hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions at times, you know, when we're really looking good. But we got this email from Matt, who I didn't respond to yet, and I will. So either way, I think he's going to listen to this. So quickly go through this email that he sent us. Uh, quote. I don't think I have to quote him. This is the email. As, <laughs> a re- as a relatively new fan and one who lives in London, England, I often feel quite distant from the Packers to the other sports teams I support, especially as I'm lucky enough to watch my football team, in parentheses, soccer and cricket team every week, which I'm like people watch cricket. I know people watch cricket. So that just shows, I don't how. even know how I that game know. is played.
2: <laughs> it's so confusing. Yeah. There's like the thing. Yeah.
1: It can so. go on for like days or whatever. Um. Anyways, ask,
3: ask him to give us a round. Yeah. Give us the, the idiots version of how cricket is played. I, I
1: yeah. think it would, it's... I think it would be too long. Anyways, he, he keeps going. Uh, When I listen to the way you and Todd, sorry, Billy break down the current and past Packer teams. It really brings a new understanding about the team. I support from the in-depth analysis of the roster. Quick, puns and the constant bashing of dean lowry quote which i appreciate i feel a lot closer to the packers i have listened to other packers podcasts this is the big part here guys i have listened to other packers podcasts previously but the pmp is a really fun listen it has a great balance of making me laugh and giving me good pieces of information really like the work and hope it continues it will once again remember we're just cool guys we say we say words like piss and shit and fuck you know other podcasts <laughs> don't really do that we're very cool and he said uh at the beginning of the email, story of how I became a fan, which this is this is fucking awesome. Story of how I became a fan. On January 16th, me and some friends were having a lot of pints at a local pub. Great sentence. One thing led to another and we ended up having a wild night out at the local city. Once I get back in, I was too drunk to fall asleep, so I put whatever was on TV on at 2 a.m. their time, which is hilarious for me reading this because that's literally when I was ending entering the blackout zone watching this game at the Herkimer. Like we literally just had a round of rumplements for good luck. The Packers were playing the Cardinals in a 2020-16 divisional game. I always had an interest in the NFL, but was yet to pick a team to support. But at the time I had watched the previous five Super Bowls. As I'm sure you guys remember, the game was very tense and I was gripped entirely throughout Just about as I had sobered up, like I said, when I was entering the blackout, the Packers had the ball and were staring down a fourth and 20. And what transpired over those final plays made me become a Packer fan for life. So when I heard Jeff Janis on the introduction, I leapt out of my seat out of excitement as without him and Rodgers, I would not be a Packer fan. So I'm like it's so cool like i go back to this shit and once again it's just us you know a couple guys talking about the packers and i'm just thinking like fuck when i was like 15 years old going to training camp getting autographs and now to think that people are you know in fucking london england listening to what we're talking about every week wild that's pretty fucking cool and what an awesome story can you like what that's like the i wish we had won the game but what a crazy fucking ending and for that to be what jump frogs him into being a packer fan fucking awesome and the fact that he didn't become a Cardinals fan. Right. I mean, they won. <laughs> well, he he knew that right? Fitzgerald, so that long Fitzgerald pass was dog shit, anyways, and Demarius Randall should have been following him. yeah.
2: defense is garbage, but man, the Packers' offense is fun to watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah, fuck God. And again, I wish i rewatched part of that game well after when i found the clip to put at the beginning for jeff janice yeah. and i'm like because we had a long review and i maybe i misremembered this but i'm like god again i wish we would have gone for two after that two point but you had the time to write something up mike mccarthy so i don't know why you didn't but either way very cool once again you can leave a five-star rating on the podcast leave a review if you do that we'll read it i don't hopefully that wasn't too long but that was a pretty fucking good email from are uh, you from sending Apple. you have to send a koozie now i right? don't i sent i sent one to a different guy in europe i forgot what country but i gotta look at that i yeah i just you have uh, to send yeah. it but either way if you leave a review leave a rating email us at pmp at gmail.com or dm us on twitter at pmp pod we will send you a free koozie if you give us your address and Once again, pretty cool. We're over 100 episodes now, which is fucking bonkers. This is our fifth season. So, you know, if you listen, leave a rating, unsubscribe, resubscribe. You know, beginning of the year, it's pretty big to try to get more people to listen. Yeah. Tip here. Go to your
2: nearest Apple store or Android store if they have Android stores. I don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Go there. And then on all the phones, you can pull up the pod
1: and then you can give it five starts there you go just do that that or you know post on social media send it to people or pack fans i don't give a shit i i honestly i it's not like we're in this for money i just love that people listen to us talk about the packers so yeah it's pretty crazy pretty cool hopefully it's a fun year and uh i don't have anything else do you guys have anything else
3: oh fuck the bears
1: fuck the bears there you go
3: go packers fuck the
1: bears there we go well with that Eric skinning please to see us,
0: how do you equip my job? Yeah, it just won't pay. I worked all year, I worked all month, and then they took my money.
2: What did you think
3: about training camp?
2: Um, I I'm don't a little know. bit I, excited. I
3: didn't have a chance to watch hardly any of the preseason games. I watched like yeah. half of the one against uh, New England, I think. That's and, the one I didn't see. And I thought Jordan Love actually was promising. Oh, I mean, that's, that's good. That you got that by, like... by far the best I've seen him play, but... It's all at I, the same time. It's it's yeah. preseason, running. You yes. know, only gonna rush four. We're gonna lay off the receivers. It's like they're not throwing him anything exotic.
2: The way I look at it though is like if that was a Vikings quarterback, I would be like, oh, not yeah. bad. Like I would yeah. be like, that could be scary. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like that's the way I look at it. It's like, oh, actually, that would be. Like that's my gauge is like, okay, if this was an opponent's quarterback, how would I feel? I'm like, yeah, I would be a little bit scared